Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live here at KTCU. How's everyone? It's only been a week this time. I had no spring break, so I'm back on schedule once again. But last week, honestly, last week was such a great episode. We talked about 
Tombstone, the shooting at the OK Corral, which was super fun. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can just find us by searching Club Crime. And also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Honestly, when this show first started, y'all were like popping off my Instagram. And now now I just like don't see any of y'all again. And I know I don't post very often and I don't plug the show super duper often because I don't want to spam my followers, but like a cute little follow every now and then or a cute little like would be lovely. So find us at Instagram and Twitter on at Club Crime Official or on Twitter at Club Crime Official because um, Twitter would not let me um, have the full name of Club Crime Official, which sucked. But now I'm going to introduce you to my special surprise guest for the week. Her name is Addie. Addie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, totally. Uh, as Amelia said, my name's Addie. I don't have a cool nickname like she does, but <laughs> here we are. I am a senior at TCU. I'm an acting major and deaf studies minor. That's a lot so of people cool. get confused and be like, dead studies? I'm like, no, unfortunately. No. Uh, deaf I'm, studies. I'm fluent in ASL, and I work with deaf people. So Okay, we need to talk about that we later. We need to talk about la- that later. Every year, I'm like, where are the people that know ASL? Where are the people that know I ASL? I never see them. Um, I know. I've noticed that, too. There's, like, no people at TCU that, like, know ASL. There's, like, one girl, and she's a junior now. I didn't even know Death Studies was a thing. I'm gonna. I'm well, gonna that's in. what I call it. That's not really the actual it's not title. The actual. It's the habilitation of the deaf and hard of hearing, which is not. That's a great not a great name. <laughs> so I just call it Deaf Studies, which is such a better name. So much so better. So much better. So Simpler. much more respectful. Yeah. But um, how did you get into true crime? Like, what? Why did you want to be on the show? Tell us. Um. So in high school, one of the science classes we could take our senior year was forensic science. And so I took that class and every Friday or every other Friday we would have serial killer Fridays mm-hmm. where we would talk about a different serial killer. Um, and it was gruesome and awful and so interesting. And so we talked about that and we talked about different mm-hmm. things in forensic science as well. Um, and then like I was saying earlier too, we yeah. wa- I watched BuzzFeed Unsolved a lot, especially mm-hmm. with my friends. Love BuzzFeed um, Unsolved. Loved BuzzFeed Unsolved. Um, and then the videos got so long, so I stopped watching after a while. No, what I ever do, like, they have, like, all the seasons posted on, like, one long episode. So sometimes if I'm just, like, in the mood, like, I'll watch it, like, a little documentary of just watch the whole season all the way through. But you're right. Like, there are some episodes where I'm just, like, I can't get through all of this. I need, like, the 14-minute just quick episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's how I got into true crime. And I just find it really fascinating. Awesome. Well, I'm going to tell your tell you your guest duties. So I'm going to tell you a true crime story. It is your job to react, ask questions, add in your own personal anecdotes, and just add to the story in any way that you want. All right. All right. Now you have to promise to the listeners that I did not tell you, you know, who, what the story is going to be. I gave you a little bit of a hint. I said it's an unsolved case. Which I was very excited about. Do you have any kind of I have idea? no idea. And I'm hoping I don't know it, but I have a sneaky feeling that I do. Probably. Because it, it, I will tell you this. It was a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode. I but, watched like the early but seasons. That was, it's an early season. Okay. One. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see if I have All any right. clue of what it is. For today's story, I'm going to tell you about the unsolved death of Elisa Lamb. See, I'm going to need details, which you'll obviously yeah. give, but just the name, I'm like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. 
Sources for tonight's story include Wikipedia, BBC, the Crime Junkie podcast, the Los Angeles Times, and Netflix's Cecil Hotel series. <gasps> now, okay. see, a lot of people know it as the, the Cecil, Cecil Hotel. Hotel case. Okay. Uh, Wikipedia, teacher's favorite story. Teacher's favorite. I love it. You know, I do like, I will say this, and I don't say this a lot. I fact check like all my information. Yeah. I fact check all of it, and that's why I have so many sources. But Wikipedia. I like that it's, it's not so that co- bad. it's not that bad. It's cohesive in like mm-hmm. timeline order. So like that's my thing of like when I'm writing because I write out like a little script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I've ever actually talked about this. Like I'm reading off of like a script basically mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, but the, like I always fact check it. But I'm always like a lot of times like when you go to like articles, it's like this happened, but let's jump here and then let's jump back here. And I'm like. I can't follow this. I'm trying to go, like, in order of this story. And then we'll have, like, links on, like, the people that you can click yes. on to get more I, information. And I get, like, carried down this, like, rabbit hole. And then, like, Wikipedia is just, like, it gives you all the information right then and there. And then, like, I'll go back and say, like, is this accurate? Is this accurate? Like, but let's do a little background on okay. the Cecil Hotel itself leading up to Elisa Lamb's death. So the Cecil Hotel was built in 1924 in the heart of Los Angeles. The hotel cost at the time $1.5 million to build and boasted a marble lobby, a stained glass windows, and was advertised as a luxury hotel because it's like literally close to everything in Los Angeles. It's, it's right LA. Everything's expensive. Everything's even in 1905. But yeah, this place was like right downtown like it was advertised like you can be close to everything if you want to come to hollywood like stay here and then you can basically go to hollywood you can go to Mm -hmm. the beach you can go to like the hills like however five years after the hotel opened the great depression began causing the hotels like the start of the hotel's decline Mm -hmm. because over time this place got to be absolutely terrible (laughs) So the area surrounding the Cecil Hotel soon became known as Skid Row because as many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius of the hotel. Oh, gosh. And think of that, like four square miles with 10,000 people living in it. That's just... Because for those of you who don't know, like Los Angeles has a really bad homeless population. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know it's bad when they, like, all have to congregate in, like, one place. Yeah, I have two. One of my roommates and one of my other best friends, mm-hmm. uh, they both live in L.A. And they'll, like, talk about it a lot. Yeah. Like, their parents will send them photos of, like, new pop-up. And it's just like, oh, no. No, both of my parents are from Los Angeles. And we live in, like, more northern California now. But they were, like, growing up, they were like, this was never that bad. And, like, now it's just so terrible. And it's like... 1905 Cecil Hotel says differently. Yeah, like, the early 1900s Cecil Hotel would like to say, maybe you just, like, weren't seeing them. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe they were all just, like, in this one place at the time. And then they scattered. Um, but they also, that's congregated what... congregated like, together. That, that's my thing. But, like, the homeless people were there. It was also, like, it run, ran rampant for, like, tuberculosis, mm-hmm. of course. A lot of drug problems, as, like, is within most homeless communities. And it was also a very dangerous place. And yeah. that led to the hotel being known for its violence, serial killers, and murderers, which Fine. we love. 
So the Cecil Hotel was not just a hotel. It also like would like have rooms for rent that you could mm-hmm. stay in as apartments. Mm-hmm. And some notable people who stayed at the hotel or lived at the hotel or were just seen at the hotel include Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, just days before her death, she was seen drinking at the bar. Um, Richard Ramirez, who is also called the Night Stalker, who is one of L.A.'s most notorious serial killers, mm-hmm. and Elisa Lamb, who we'll talk about in the story. Who's tonight's uh, special topic. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about Elisa, I think it's important to know about the Cecil Hotel's name change. In 2011, the Cecil Hotel rebranded to the Stay on Main Hotel. The change was an effort to cover up the hotel's scary location and violent past, making it more difficult for hotel goers to discover, like, it's violent. So if you looked it up online, if you looked up Stay on Main, you just find this cute little hotel. You wouldn't find the Cecil Hotel, which is, this reminded me, I, like, read this theory the other day that the reason that, like, Disney made the movie Frozen was so that when you search up Disney Frozen, it doesn't come up with, like, Disney Frozen oh, Head. Oh, the Walt Disney Head theory. Yeah, the yeah, Walt yeah, Disney, yeah. like, Frozen Head mm-hmm. theory under, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. They made the movie so that when you search up, like, Walt Disney Frozen, that's the funny. movie comes up. <laughs> so that's, like, kind of what this reminded me of, is, like, we don't want you to know about our past, so we're, like, But, like, on the name. other hand, there's, like, people that are really into this sort of stuff that would, like, love to stay. That would love to stay there. Like, they could totally brand it to where it's, like, But this kind was of a, definitely before, like, the big, like, true crime, like, everyone loves it. They this need to change like, it back. They I, they did. They oh, did. they did? They did. They changed it back in 2012. Smart PR Which team. was, a, I, yeah, I agree. That's, like, a really smart. Um, what was the new names? Stay on Main. Because it's That's on, dumb. like, the main street of L.A., um <laughs> that's a dumb name if you're gonna change it's such it a, like yeah it's if you're don't gonna be cha- basic about it don't be basic Mm-mm. um and the hotel also became a hostel part like so it was like part hostel part hotel and then they weren't gonna kick out the people that actually like lived there but they weren't renting out rooms anymore so mm-hmm. like part of it still was apartments they were just like we're not running out more rooms you can just stay here if you're already like living here we're not gonna kick you out just to be clear this was not 2011 this was back then no, this just name change happened in 2011. No, I'm talking about it being a hostel at the bottom and then the hotel. No, the hostel began in 2011, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> they That that was the thing. It was like it was going to be changed because it also made it cheaper. So they were like, if you want a single room, it'll be a hotel. But if you are just here as like a like little like, you know, <laughs> L.A. goer passing through, you can stay in the hostel part in shared rooms. Interesting. Okay. Which is also just a cheaper change for the hotel yeah. to make. Just add more beds. I don't know why when you said hostel, I thought of something else. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> yes, but it became a host- hostel. I thought of, when you said hostel, I thought you said, not thought you said, but I was thinking brothel. Mm, no, no. I was like, this was not I mean, they did have <laughs> prostitutes, like, inside. Like, I mean, this place, like, homeless people were in there pretty often. <clears throat> a lot of, like, drug dealers mm-hmm. because the area was, like pretty easy to sell drugs prostitutes it was in this like skid row is not just like the homeless people it's also like your prostitutes mm-hmm. your like drug dealers like you're, it's just a scary location your alien plants your little alien, shop lovers little shop lovers <laughs> i know not that skid not the la skid row unfortunately or not the new york skid yeah. row the la skid row but i thought of that too i was like my little theater nerd i was like skid row oh my goodness <laughs> little shop but now let's get into the background on elisa lamb 
So Elisa Lam was born on April 30th, 1991. Her Chinese name was Lam Ho Yi, and her parents were immigrants from Hong Kong. Lam led a particularly normal life, but in the mid-2010s, Lam began a blog where she posted fashion models and discussed her mental health. So it was, like, basically just posting, like, mental health, like, like updates, but then at the same time posting a model and being like, I like her outfit. <laughs> which, like, low-key... You know, we all have our things to get by. Which, low-key iconic. I would read that blog. <laughs> I don't know why when you started the story, I was like, ah, oh, this is going to take place. Like, whenever you started, like, mm-hmm. it was uh, built in, like, the early 1900s. I was like, oh, so this is going to take place in, like, early 1900s. I don't know why in my head... It- could not consider it being in the 90s no no and this isn't even the 90s it's the mid 2010s like when she died when she died this is like a recent okay i i'll I'll only remember (laughs) hotel i do not remember this story at all so lamb was a student at the university of british columbia during her time there her blog discussed several dark periods during her time as a student In 2012, she talked about how she had to drop several classes as she had relapsed into another dark period where she overall just felt lost, which I was like, relatable, relatable, relatable. Um, And she had two blogs. She had like one on some random blog site and then she moved to Tumblr, which I was like, oh, Tumblr girl. We all love them. (laughs) We all know one. We all know one, which I could totally see her being like a Tumblr girl being like, I'm so lost. I don't know where my life's going. Look at this model. I like her outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, which is low-key what I post on, like, my private story on Snapchat. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think um, I only used Tumblr once, and it was to post, like, Dear Evan Hansen theories. I still use Tumblr just to read fan fiction. <laughs> there we go. I'm like, keep it alive. The, the good stuff's on Tumblr. I don't want to go anywhere else. So, Lamb's official mental health diagnosis was depression and bipolar disorder, but she was known to often not take her medications. When she was off her meds, Lamb would often have hallucinogenic episodes, one of which she had to be hospitalized for, Mm. which is, like, so unfortunate. And I say this whenever I talk about mental health, but this is not to, like, you know, make fun of anyone with mental health. Like, if you have issues like this, like, please seek help. Mm-hmm. Take your medications, Take please. Your um, specifically, Kanye West, if you ever listen to this, please go back on. <laughs> please go back on your meds. They're not bad for you, I promise. Yeah. But, yes, if you have, like, mental health, like, disorders like this, like, please reach help. Know that there are, like, people out there to support you. Mm-hmm. So, in late 2012, Lamb began to consider a solo trip to California, something her rather controlling family were worried about, especially because her family would often try to cover up that their daughter had, like, mental health issues. Mm. Because in what I've read is that in a lot of Asian families, like, mental health is not something that's talked about very often. So they were like, oh, our daughter has bipolar disorder. Like, no one else can know because this, like, shames our family. I feel like that's kind of common for a lot of just like what is it gen y yes i think gen y gen yeah. y it's like our parents generation mm-hmm. of just like let's just pray about it and it'll yeah. be okay or like even like immigrant families of like yeah we don't want to like you know stand out in this community because we we're already immigrants in. we want to mm-hmm. blend in so this like mental health thing is like gonna make us like we have to hide it so that we where don't where did stand they live out. in the u.s again 
they lived as far as i know because she went to the university of british columbia like kind of closer to like canada i think they might have actually like lived in like canada for the most part um but like yeah much northern i can't remember if they lived in like the west or the east Mm -hmm. like i was i was more like focusing on like this like case of when it happened rather than the background i thought you would say no like no worries but yeah so um i think it was like the more like washington Mm -hmm. because i like i know when i watched i watched this documentary like last night like the little docuseries netflix has and i can't remember specifically like where they said i was like just get to the good just get to the good stuff i want to know to like there you go yeah someone around somewhere around there Mm -hmm. so she begins to take her trip um she travels by train and she first goes to san diego which is like fun love san diego Mm -hmm. then she arrives in los angeles on january 26 2013 she checks in to the cecil hotel known as the stay on main at this time and she is put into or she checks so she's in LA for two days before she checks in on January 28th into a shared room on the fifth floor two days later after her roommates complained about her odd and erratic behavior Lamb was moved to her own room so let's talk about what this erratic behavior was so according to the manager of the Cecil Hotel at the time Lamb was leaving her roommate's notes set that said things such as go home or go away. She would also lock the door of the room and require her roommates to give a password. <laughs> which, I, which is just like, honestly, I would too. <laughs> just ha you got, what's the password? Like, ha you got pranked. Was she erratic or was she being strategic so she could end up having her own room? True. Yeah. Because as far as I know, I think they gave it to her for free. Exactly. So maybe she, maybe was, she was just an extreme couponer. <laughs> yeah, but... Gotta she, get that deal. She did also attend taping of the Conan O'Brien show the day before she disappeared. Interesting But she choice. was escorted off the premises by security after being disruptive throughout the taping. <laughs> Which is like, it's Conan. It's like a funny talk show. Yeah. Like, I don't know how, like, erratic or dis- disruptive you can, like, be for it. She but I've been, like, heckling. Yeah, that's true. But I've always, like, I didn't read too much in that, but I want to know what, like, Conan thinks of, like, this girl was literally <laughs> in your audience, like, the, the day night before, before she the was night murdered. before she was murdered, yeah. So up until the day she disappeared, Lamb had contacted her parents every single day of her trip. On January 31st, when Lamb was supposed to check out and leave for Santa Cruz, the last and well, so she was supposed to leave for Santa Cruz. Her parents like didn't hear her around the time she was supposed to call them and Mm -hmm. basically almost immediately called the police. However, earlier that day, the last people to see Lamb were the hotel staff who said that she was alone, but in a cheerful mood after buying gifts for her family earlier that day, which is so cute. Mm hmm. So, immediately after calling the police, Lamb's family flew to Los Angeles to help find her. Police used search dogs all throughout the building and the roof, but they were unable to pick up her scent, nor could they search every room without probable cause. So I'm starting to... I think I remember the story mm -hmm. now. So, they were only able to go... Like, you obviously just can't go into a random room unless you know, like, someone's dead inside or if you have a search warrant. So they were, like, able to go into her room. They were able to go into the roommate's room that she had been before. Mm -hmm. 
And then I think just maybe some other like open rooms if that anybody were empty. If like, anyone yeah, volunteered the room. Yeah. But the dogs were not able to pick up her scent. On February 13th, 2013, the LAPD released the last known footage of Elisa Lam, taken by a security camera in the Cecil Hotel elevator. You're shaking mm-hmm. your head now. The elevator. The yeah, elevator yeah. video. Like, um, disappeared. The footage is about 2.5 minutes long and was taken on the day that she disappears. Now, for those of you who are listening, if you're listening to this on Apple, like, podcast or Spotify, like, please pause right now and go watch this video. Because it's me... Spooky. It's very spooky, but me describing it will not do justice mm-hmm. to, like, what the actual video is. But it's it was literally, like, on Wikipedia. Like, it was a video link just, like, when I was, like, searching. And I fully, like, sat in my nutrition class, like, watching it. Like, I was not <laughs> taking my notes. I was just watching this video. And I've seen it a ton of times. And it still just, like, gives me, like, the chills down my spine. It's giving Tower of Terror. But literally, like, yeah, no, for sure. excuse me so in the video lamb acts very strangely and makes odd gestures as she seemingly talks to someone who is unseen by the camera and when i say unseen i'm not talking like ghost i'm just saying like it seems like there might be someone just a blind spot a blind spot like Mm -hmm. just outside the elevator that like the like the person never actually shows themselves because there was only uh cameras in the elevator Mm mm-hmm yeah, which is also dumb. This is like, get. Oh, you have no idea. So I used to be an RA mm-hmm. for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, and the amount of times something would happen and we would not have enough cameras in the building. That's what to I've catch them. So infuriating. Because that's my thing is like when I read these stories, I start becoming more aware of like where are the security cameras around me, where are like my safety precautions, mm-hmm. and I literally like will look at the security cameras as like, as I walk out of my building, and I'm like, there's not a security camera here, like when there should be that's a blind spot that's mm-hmm. a blind spot and i'm like you know welcome to being a woman welcome to being a woman literally cheers cheers to that so as she after she's done like doing her gestures she presses every button on the control panel of the elevator looks into the hallway then leaves the elevator for a moment throughout her entire time in the elevator the elevator doors never close even when she's not pressing any of the buttons like She's, like, walking in and out in times where, like, she's nowhere near the doors. She's not pressing any buttons. The doors just stay open. Mm -hmm. So they're seemingly being kept open by some unknown entity. And it could be the person that we, like, don't see, Mm -hmm. like, clicking the elevator door button to, like, hold it open from the outside. Yeah. Or just, like, putting their hand in front of the door. But you don't see a hand. That's the thing. Mm. Like, it would make sense considering, like, if she's walking in and out that it stays open. Mm -hmm. But there are times where she's, like, fully stood away from the doors. Mm -hmm. So the sensors wouldn't be going off. And there's no hand holding it. It's just, like, they're just staying open. So it isn't until Lam, like, leaves the elevator for good and begins walking down the hallway unseen that the doors finally close. Um... So the video of Lam, of course, blows up on the internet once it gets released. And interestingly, in, like, China, within the week of it being posted, it gets, like, 30 million views and, like, 10,000, like, comments. And that's in China. Like, it's nowhere near where this case is actually happening. But the video gets analyzed and, of course, theories begin about, like, her behavior. Some believe that Lamb was attempting to escape someone who was pursuing her and was trying to get the elevator to move, 
which would kind of explain like why she's pressing all the buttons mm-hmm. maybe like the elevator was broken that's why the doors weren't closing but it wouldn't explain that like she did seem frantic but she didn't seem like frantic enough that like holy shit i have to get out of here like yeah. it just seemed more of like looking out looking in like kind mm-hmm. of in her own head because a lot of people think that she was also going through a psychotic episode which was very probable like considering mm-hmm. her history however the video has appeared to have been heavily tampered with um, and is heavily disputed because at some points it gets sped up and other moments it gets slowed. And that's the official video released by the LAPD. Mm -hmm. And it seems that they may be possibly trying to protect someone's identity based on how it is, like, edited. Which, I don't know. Like, I tried to watch and, like, notice the parts that are, like, sped up and slowed Mm -hmm. down. And, like, I'm obviously not a video analyst. But there are points where I'm just, like... Yeah, that seems something's like a something's off. a little off. Mm-hmm. Like, her, like I don't think I would be moving that fast in this situation. I don't think I'd be moving that slow. Yeah. And, like, the times where she's, like, out of the elevator and comes back in, it seems like there could almost be a cut there of, yeah. like, it cut off a chunk of time. So it's very disputed. But mm-hmm. like I said, like, if you are listening to this, don't click off right now because this is the live b- broadcast. But, like, <laughs> once this is done, um, go watch the video, like, everyone. Like, I promise you, like, it's not, like, terrifying like it's not no. like you're not gonna get jump scared or anything Mm-mm. but it's just so like spooky like yeah yeah it's spooky. so now let's talk about the discovery of lamb's body yes so towards the end of the search for lamb hotel guests at the cecil began to complain about low water pressure or that the water was black and tasted odd on february 19th 2013 Hotel worker Santiago Lopez found Elisa Lamb's body in one of the Cecil's four 1,000-gallon water tanks that provided water to guest rooms, a kitchen, and a coffee shop. That's so... And so... Also, the the water's black. Why are you tasting it? Why are you tasting it? Exactly. Why are you tasting it? But I was... (laughs) So I was watching that docuseries last night on Netflix, Mm -hmm. and they interview couples who were, like, staying there when they were like leading up and Mm -hmm. it was like this one couple from like great britain and they were like we stayed here because we didn't have a lot of money at the time and like we didn't do properly do our research Mm -hmm. like this was kind of like a last minute like let's go to los angeles and they go so we get there and i'm just showering one day and the water is brown and i'm like and the hotel managers tried to play it off of like this is los angeles we're kind of a dirty town. Sometimes this happens. And it was like, no, that's no. not normal. There's such thing as, like, water filters. You can yeah. be putting those in. Especially, like, 2013. Like, no. And then, like, the lady talked about, she was like, yeah, the water just tasted so funny. And it wasn't. She said once it turned black, she stopped drinking it. Okay, good. But, like, she said leading up to that, she was like, the water just tasted really terrible. And then once they found out, they were like, it's kind of hard to cope with the fact that you drank someone. And it was like. Yeah. You didn't it, drink someone. You didn't drink someone. But but you kind of did. You drink someone's, like, soup water. Their bath water. The bath water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, like, it's just... I'm wondering, like, if her body was in... Why did it turn black? That's what I'm wondering, too. Because we'll talk about, like, her autopsy, but uh-huh. she wasn't that decomposed. Yeah. Like, she was pretty... She was moderately decomposed, but, like... Yeah, that's what I'm also wondering is why was the water, like, black? Because it wasn't, like, pitch black, but it was definitely very, like, tinted and, like, dirty and gross. 
Maybe she hadn't taken a shower in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, but still very nasty. Yeah. And they also did an interview with the guy who, like, found her body. And it's just so sad of, like, he literally the poor was, maintenance guy. He was just trying to, like, do his job and, yeah. like, just finds this girl. And, like, was so just, like, shocked and, like... Well, yeah. Like, I would be too. But, like, this poor guy, he was, like, this, like, guy who, like... Had, like he was like I went and like immediately called my like wife and kids because I was like so sad and I was like that is so terrible oh, like no. just this like sweet like man just like unfortunately mm. finds this body so once police were alerted to Lamb's body being found the water tank had to be cut open and drained because the maintenance hatch that was that like he found her like he looked basically it was the water tank the maintenance hatch was on top mm-hmm. he climbed up the ladder to see like what's going on with our water look down and there's elisa lamb so the maintenance so the police brought in all their equipment the maintenance hatch was too small so they cut open so that they could get like their equipment in to like get yeah. her body out pretty much so, Lamb's body was found face up in the water and naked, though similar clothing that she was wearing in the elevator video was found floating next to her body, along with her hotel key and her watch, and everything was covered in this, like, gritty, sand-like, just, like, stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't sand, but it was just this, like, weird substance all Which over her call- body. Which might have caused the black water. Probably, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, her autopsy ruled her death as an accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a large factor. No trauma of any kind was found on Lamb's body, though her body was moderately decomposed, green, and bloated. Which is kind of just, like, what happens when your body's in water for a long time. Traces of alcohol and prescription drugs were found in her toxicology report, indicating that Lamb had either been under-medicating or had recently stopped taking her medications. Mm. So while Lamb's death had basically been explained, like how she had died, how she got into the water tank had not. So roof access to the Cecil Hotel was protected by locks, security codes, and an alarm system, which all, like, would have been barriers for her to get through. Lamb could have accessed the roof through the fire escape, but police dogs lost her scent at any window that she would have possibly had access to to get to the fire escape. Hmm. So I remember in BuzzFeed Unsolved, they, like, went to all the locations that get you to the roof, and they Mm -hmm. said, like, it's really hard to, like, get there. Yeah. And, like, the managers who were, like, working there said, like, yeah, we change, like, the security codes all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. we make it super super duper difficult for people to get up there and especially considering that they went to the roof and like didn't find like sense of her body like it all just kind of makes it a little bit like how exactly did she get up there i feel like there's so many factors that i'm considering of like maybe it rained and maybe, that's why the exactly. dogs couldn't pick up on her scent mm-hmm. like if she was running away from somebody yeah then, like she would find a way to get up there mm-hmm. if that seemed like her only option exactly no that's actually such a good point so, yeah, so they were, like, if she had gotten up there, the best, ch- like, choice would have been the fire escape because that, like, doesn't have really any alarm access or mm-hmm. anything. And also, mind you, this place doesn't have any, like, barriers to just, like, jump out the window if you want, which mm-hmm. is terrible. And it's, like, it's also, like, it's an old hotel, yeah. yes, but it's so easy to just put bars over windows or yeah. something. yeah. Especially with its history. Yeah, and this is, like, 2011. Like, this isn't, like, 1990s where it's, like, we're still, like, eh, like, kind of do whatever you want. But, like... 
But also, if they're trying to get away from the, like, murder hotel vibe, mm-hmm. and they put bars on the windows. It didn't even have to be bars, but, like, most hotels, like, you can't open your windows past a certain point. Just, like, some sort of precaution yeah. to, like, make it difficult for you to, like, Which, get like, out the window. Which, like, if the manager was saying, like, that's L.A., the water's brown, I feel like he was taking some shortcuts with yes. some things. Yeah. So this is not surprising. I'm sure. Yeah. No, you're so right. I think the manager did. <laughs> <laughs> so Lamb would also not have been able to easily get into the water tank on her own. Mm-hmm. So the water tanks were all propped up by cement blocks, and a ladder had to be brought up by the staff every time they needed to access the tank. So it wasn't like there was just, like, a built-in ladder. Yeah. Like, they had to bring up a ladder. The lids to the water tanks were also extremely heavy and would not have been able to, like, have been closed once you're inside the water tank, mm. which explains why Santiago Lopez found the lid open when he found Lamb if she had, like, gotten into the water uh, tank by herself. Mm-hmm. So, Lamb's autopsy report has also been heavily disputed, as some things were found unprocessed, unchecked, or incomplete, such as whether or not her fingernail kit and her rape kit had ever been processed. Like, they just, like, it's kind of unknown what happened with that. Um, Are you kidding me? They also found, um... There was, like, trauma around, like, her, like, butt area Uh that was, like, could have alluded to some sort of assault. Mm -hmm. And they were just kind of like, nah, like, it, they were like, when your body decomposes, like, sometimes your, like, butthole just kind of, like, gets, like, you know, messed up with. And I'm like, does it? She was found in a water (laughs) tank naked. Naked. And you don't run the rape kit? Exactly. Like, they did the rape kit, but, like... It was basically just, like, lost information of, did it come back inclusive? Someone's definitely covering this up. Are you kidding me? So, why Elisa Lam was found in the Cecil Hotel's water tanks has continued to reign unknown to this day. So, let's talk about some of the theories. Oh, the good part. Here we go. Surrounding. So, suicide and murder seem to be the most probable causes. Mm -hmm. But murder gets more disputed because no suspect ever gets brought up. They have no, like, they ran her body for fingerprints. And obviously in the water, that would, like, erase all fingerprints. But, like, that's also the thing. is like, if you have a rape kit and a fingernail kit, that DNA could possibly give you some sort of suspect. And you just don't have it now. Mm-hmm. So there's that. They also... They, like, it's also, like, very probable that it could have been suicide or just a psychotic episode because we know she wasn't on her drugs Mm -hmm. and with bipolar disorder and depression, like, that can make you have suicidal thoughts, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, based on the way she was acting in the elevator, it's very probable that she was just going through a full, like, mental breakdown. Yeah, I'm, like, thinking, like, did she have another mental health diagnosis that she never got Which I'm wondering, it's, like, like, maybe, like, schizophrenia, schizophrenia, something like that. Because, once again, if you haven't seen the video, go watch the video. But, like, she seems, because, yes, she, like, looks out of the hallway, and then she seems to talk to someone in the hallway. But then it also seems like she's trying to talk to someone, like, in the elevator. Mm -hmm. Like, just kind of, like talking to someone like around the area so it's just like yeah I agree like is there some like unknown diagnosis but then 
there's a lot of other just like really weird theories. Mm -hmm. So another theory is that this is actually a copycat murder, not based on another real life murder, but based on the horror film Dark Water, which also depicted a girl's body being found in a water tank in an apartment complex rather than a hotel. So Which that movie used came to out be kind of apartments too. Yes. And this movie came out in 2005, so it was early enough that someone could have seen the movie and been mm-hmm. like, "I want to do that." Like so a lot of people think that they like once again, we have no suspect, but yeah. they th- think like if someone was just to like kill this random girl, they think it was like probably a wrong place, the wrong time scenario where it was like who's the easiest person to kill in this area? The girl who has terrible like mental health. And we could very easily just and like no one likes her, and no one really likes the her. The roommates don't like the her. The roommates don't like her. She's alone. Mm-hmm. She's been moved to her, like a room alone. She like doesn't know anyone in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like that's really your easiest target. Yeah. So there's also the big idea that the Cecil Hotel is haunted, and that Elisa Lamb was possessed when she was taken (laughs) i've i watched so many like youtube videos of like we went ghost hunting at the cecil hotel Mm -hmm. and it's just like i talked to lamb (laughs) we talked to lamb and it's like i do believe that there is some sort of like paranormal force out there Mm -hmm. probably like there's just probably something has to happen once you die do i know what it is no do i also think that like this like, all the circumstances are too perfect for it to be, she got possessed. Like, it, it's just like, and then people are like, well, and then another one is she got taken by aliens and put up there. And that's oh, yes. why there's no scent, because they just, like, teleported her up there. aliens don't have scents. Because aliens don't have mm-hmm. scents. And it's just like, I'm all for a good, like, outrageous theory. But come on. But come on. <laughs> There are other cases that are like, okay, aliens could actually be like a problem. Literally. And that's my thing is my final, for all my listeners, my final episode will be like a paranormal alien episode for like this season. And I like have been starting to read some of those cases and I'm like, okay, like I could see this of like, but like this case where it's like, she definitely like someone had to have gotten her up there or she somehow got up there. Yeah. And like there every she had every way to get up there all by herself Mm -hmm. it would have been difficult but she could have so yeah i don't believe the like extra worldly also i feel like whenever it's like paranormal stuff like aliens i feel like it mostly takes place outside yes this is inside that's my thing is like did the aliens like take her from her room like how did they get in there and that's my thing too is i'm like Sense can go away pretty quickly. Also, if it's an alien. I feel like she'd be more freaked out. Yes. Exactly. Unless it's, like, shape-shifting abilities. But then we're getting into, and like, And that's what I is, if she's running from someone, even if she's, like, psychologically in a good place, if you're running from someone, you're not going to go to the elevator. Like, you're just going to keep running. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to go find some stairs, like... And she... That's what I said. She doesn't seem frantic enough Mm-mm. that, like, someone is after her. She just seems like confused confused maybe the person that's like if there's a person with her like they're like trying to be like hey come with me and Mm -hmm. she's like no like i'm all alone and finally like convinces her but there are just so many like i love reading theories for unsolved Mm -hmm. cases because they're either like okay this could happen or 
mm, like you just pulled this out of your ass like <laughs> let's go back to the drawing board let's go back to one. the drawing board on that one um one of the, like these really out like it wasn't that well proven but one of the theories was that she was used as a um a physical like i don't even know what it's something like weapon like so there was a tuberculosis outbreak mm-hmm. in Skid Row in that area around the time that she was there. And they believed that she was, like, someone who was, like, immune to, like, tuberculosis or someone that was, like, going out there spreading the tuberculosis so that it would kill off some of the homeless population, making it, like, smaller in that area. And then once her, like, job as this, like... God, what's the word? I need to find this word. Something, <laughs> something, bio something weapon. Yes. Bio weapon. <laughs> biological, biological warfare weapon. Sure. Sure. We'll go with that. Sure. So that was like a theory I read and I was like, I mean, it's out there, but like. It's very out there. It's very out there. But at least that's more grounded in reality than some of these other ones. Which, did they ever figure out, because you said that she had, they found alcohol and meds mm-hmm. in her system. Did they ever figure out what kind of meds it was? It was like traces. So it was traces of ibuprofen, which was like over the counter. Yeah. Like traces of, I think, like allergy or like cold medicine. Uh-huh. And then traces of her like prescription drugs. And then the alcohol, they were like, because it was, like, 0.02. Okay. So it seemed as very though... Small very small amount. Very small amount. Or it kind of worn off by then. Had, like, if she had... And it seemed like... I mean, obviously, prescription medications and, like, alcohol does not mix well. But yeah. it, like, was a very low amount that, like, it could have maybe been, like... I was like, just, was she drugged? Was she... That's my thing, too, is, like... Because all the traces, like, her body had been dead for a while so Mm -hmm. your body will start to expel some of that stuff like over time so that's what i have also wondered is like she could have very easily been drugged and if the alcohol is there she could have very easily have been like roofied exactly so like she met someone brought her brought them back to like her place yeah maybe she went to the bathroom they found the meds mixed up in Mm -hmm. the drink gave it to her or did someone like roofie her then let her go back on her own and then followed her Mm -hmm. in like after the fact and that's why she was so confused and disoriented yes like all of it could have made yeah oh yeah yeah the psychological weapon or the biological weapon is just like because also (laughs) it's giving the last of us it's giving the last of us she didn't have tuberculosis no so it was like, how was she spreading it in the first place? Like, also, why would they pick her? Why would they pick her? <laughs> of like, like anyone, so random. you're some random girl from Canada. You're gonna be a bio weapon. Like, <laughs> congrats. Like we we liked your Tumblr blog. We read it. <laughs> you're gonna be our biological weapon now. So let's talk about the time following Elisa Lamb's death. So in late 2013, Lamb's parents filed a wrongful death suit against the Cecil Hotel, claiming that the hotel failed to, quote, inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Lamb and other hotel guests, end quote. The suit was dropped in 2015 as the Cecil was able to prove that they had no way of knowing that Lamb would have ended up in the water tank and that, like, mm-hmm. cases like that, like, are so rare. Like, the chance of that happening is, like, 
it's not yeah. very probable. They, like, they did recognize, they were like, we do have a violent past, but, like, this water tank thing is, like, we're known for, like, murders and drugs. Yeah. Not, like, unsolved cases. So, like, we didn't know, like... <laughs> But Lamb's death has also once again been compared to the 2005 horror film Dark Water, Mm -hmm. which is where the copycat um, killing came from. But her death has also influenced several horror movies, such as Hungry Ghost Ritual or The Bringing, which I have not seen either of those, but... The Cecil Hotel itself and Lamb's death have also influenced several TV shows, such as How to Get Away with Murder, and of course the fifth season of American Horror Story, which is American Horror Story Hotel, which is literally like based off of the Cecil Hotel. Cecil Hotel, and like they bring in like Richard Ramirez at one point, who like did li- live at the Cecil Hotel. That's but funny. I like watched that season of. American Horror Story before I, like, knew about the Elisa Lamb case. And, like, looking back now, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is low-key, like, a similar scenario of, like, random people come to Los Angeles to stay at this hotel that's, like, advertises, like, luxury, but it's mm-hmm. really not, and then, like, get killed. Like, yeah. I mean, there's so many comparisons. And then, of course, many documentaries and docuseries have also been made about Lamb's case, even the popular series BuzzFeed Unsolved, which we've talked about several times, mm-hmm. which I watched that episode. Shane's not in it. It's just Ryan and then some what? random other BuzzFeed guy. A travesty. Which I'm sure he's not some random BuzzFeed guy, but I'm like, who is this? I'm sure if fake? I watched it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I recognize that yeah. guy. And I'm sure, yeah, but I was like, I think I recognize him from, like, other videos, too. But oh, I was yeah. like, this isn't Shane. Like, where's Shane? Why is just Ryan here? My, like, boys are not together. I this know. is um Which, this is off topic, but did you see Shane finally got engaged? Yes. And I'm so excited. Oh, because Ryan's wedding was so cute. And now, mm-hmm. like, Shane's wedding's going to be so cute. Um, anyway, murder. Murder. <laughs> now, let's talk about the Cecil Hotel. So, in 2016... They be like plans began for them to get one hundred million dollar like full renovation, which is still apparently going on. Oh God! Um, in like twenty twenty, it was announced that they were basically going to turn it into homeless housing, but then in twenty twenty one they dropped that, and in twenty twenty one they also brought back the name Cecil Hotel. They mm-hmm. got they dropped Stay on Main, which I'm like perfect. Like you're, it's kind of the same thing as you. It's just like. If you're gonna go into being this like murder hotel, like Just really go lean all into in. it. Um, so also in 2021, so the Cecil Hotel on the side had this big sign for the longest hotel, longest time that said like Cecil Hotel, 700 rooms, like mm-hmm. rented a fair price, and it was from like 19 the like Great Depression. Yeah, like it was their big advertisement at the time, mm-hmm. and in 2021 it got painted over illegally. And it is still not known whether or not it was the building owners, the managers, someone who was leasing rooms, just Mm -hmm. someone painted over it. Someone came out saying that supposedly they had been hired to paint a mural over that area, but it's unknown. Like, they literally were like, I'm under an NDA. I can't say who hired me. And it was like, what the? What? Like, and it was like this famous, famous, like, picture that like if you drove past the Cecil it was like Cecil Hotel like even when it was the stay on main they didn't get rid of yeah that sign so it was like always still like the Cecil even when it so wasn't what the was Cecil. painted over it was it just like well as far as I know right now it's just like a white blank wall they've just have not put a mural over That's it spooky. since 
And I remember, oh, I remember. So I saw a post about it on like Twitter, mm-hmm. like when it happened. And I remember like the whole true crime community just went off mm-hmm. because it wasn't even like, oh, like you're ruining like Elisa Lamb's like legacy, whatever. It was literally just like, despite it's like violent history, this is a very historical building. Yeah. And you have just like taken disrespect just dis- fully disrespected it and like taken away part of its like okay. history so but yes so its plans to become homeless housing were dropped and it's still going through renovations and i looked it up as far as i can know you can still make reservations <laughs> but they make it very difficult for you to like go in and film mm-hmm. so like you have to be like a big docu-series you can't just be like some like random youtuber yeah who's, so they've made that very difficult um but the hotel like the lobby's still made of like marble and the chandelier is still there so it's still pretends to be opulent in some <laughs> respect um it hasn't decided really which way it's going It hasn't yet. decided, and it's still Skid Row. Like, it's still a mm-hmm. very large homeless population, so it's never going to be a very nice place to stay. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But that is the story of the unsolved case of Elisa Lamb. Honestly, I love unsolved cases, but this one just pisses me off because they had every opportunity to solve it and just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when this recent... It's exactly. Like, come on. Because I'm like, more and more cases we're getting so close to just like solving, and this mm-hmm. one we're like nowhere. Like Jamini Ramsey, I'm pretty sure is gonna get solved within the next couple of like mm-hmm. years because her family was like, we have more evidence that y'all have just not given us, so they're like suing the like police right now oh, to like gosh. get it back, and like, um. The Joseph Zarelli case, which we've talked about on the podcast, he was that, like, unknown boy-in-the-box case. Oh, yeah. And they just recently identified him. Yes, I think I read about that. Yeah, And yeah. they still don't know how he died, but they were, like, we're one step closer to just, like, having the solve. So I'm, like, with this, I'm, like, if you have that information from, like, the fingernail kit and stuff mm-hmm. still, like, available, run it. Yeah. Unless I'm like, it was, like, destroyed. And they just didn't want to say Which, that. The police or never lost. does that. They literally just, like, lock it away. Like, yeah. I always think of, like, you know, the final, like, scene in Indiana Jones where they take, like, the Ark of the Covenant to, like, the random warehouse and just, like, leave it in, like, a box with, like, <laughs> like all, all the right. other artifacts. Like, job done. Job done. That's what I always think. I'm like, do they just, like, because obviously they have, like, big warehouses full of, like, mm-hmm. case evidence. Like, are, were they just, like... We have to cover it up. Okay, this is just going in some random box, and mm-hmm. this is gonna sit there for the it's next. Like, oh no, we lost oh, it. Oh no, yeah. So, I like I agree with you. I feel like this was in some way covered up by someone. Oh, okay. who covered it up? Probably the police. But why the police? Or like somebody who had a lot of money, who had some sort of pull or control with the police. Yes. Or someone, someone in the police force. I think I also read a theory that it was like. Some sort of mafia types, just, like, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time of, like, Mm -hmm. which I could also very much see. Because the mafia is the money to, like, pay off the LAPD if they needed to. Like, but I agree. It was, like, who, who is the motive and who is the money? And I'm sure that fingernail kit could tell you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or that rape kit. Or that rape kit. So, but do you have any final questions or comments? I don't know, man. I so one of my friends who lives in LA, her mm-hmm. dad is a 
I think he's a for, forensic scientist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong. I know mm-hmm. that he works with PD. Mm-hmm. Um, and has for a long time and yes. stuff. And now I like want to ask her to ask her dad and be like, Do you know anything about? Do you this know anything? Because apparently he gets invited to, um, like conferences mm-hmm. about the sort of stuff because he solved a cold case. Oh, whoa. Don't know, I need to ask her what cold case it was. Yeah. But he, like, solved it. Mm-hmm. And That's so, like, crazy. he gets invited to these conferences to, like, whoa, ex- explain it all. And now I'm like, I want to ask her to, That's, like, ask him, yeah. like, can you solve this case? Can you solve this case? Yeah. Well, honestly, my final thing to say is, like, once again, if you have, like, issues with mental health, like, please seek help. Like, mm-hmm. there are options for you out there. Take your medications. Don't um, drink brown water. Don't drink brown water. Always look for the cameras. Always look for the cameras. If you're running from someone, don't get in an elevator. Don't get in an elevator. Use the stairs. Like, that's also, like, classic, like, horror girl. Like, horror movie, like, the girl gets killed because she mm-hmm. goes in the elevator and doesn't take the stairs. Also, like, were there not cameras in the stairwells? No, because it didn't seem that she took the stairs. Well, I'm saying, But like, they weren't just, like, in, they weren't in the hallways. Like, they are now. Like, yes. Well, do- they should be now. They should be. Like, the documentaries I've seen, like, they've put them there now, but when she was there, like, there were very limited cameras. Because I'm like, did the police never look at, like, if there was a camera at the front entrance mm-hmm. of the hotel, like, who all came in that day? That's what I'm wondering, too. Which is also, like, once again, like, that's another thing that could very easily be covered up by the LAPD if they really oh, wanted yeah. to. Also, it was a lot of work to, like, go through that whole yes. list of, like, because it's a big building. It's a huge building. A lot of people building. just, like, people that are staying there but also work there. And just very sketchy people. Well, yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, where's all that work? Exactly. So, yeah. Let's, let's hope within the next, let's hope, like, in the next couple of months or years I can, like, come back on the podcast mm-hmm. and be like, guys, I have an update. It's solved. It's solved. No, I always love those when, like, I listen to podcasts and they're like, guys, we have an update. This case got solved. And I'm like, yes. 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 Um, but thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. You are officially part of the club that is Club Crime. And to all my listeners out there, please join us next week for another true crime story when we have another special guest joining us. And this has been... Club Crime.